Welcome to the Understanding Jesus Podcast. I'm Pastor Troy Richards. With me is Mr. Evan Federhoff. I took away your whole intro there. Yeah, that was, that's all I had to say. <laughs> I'm Evan Federhoff. No, yeah. he's, he's, a, he's Evan Federhoff. And yeah. uh, so uh, we are, uh, again, another episode of Understanding Jesus, season 3.5. Mm-hmm. And, uh, mm-hmm. and today we are going to be looking at Hebrews and Ezekiel. Uh, you know, every time I read through Ezekiel, uh, how, many, how many times, if you just had to guess how many times you've read through Ezekiel, Evan, how many times? Three. Three times. Okay, well that's that's pretty accurate. That's pretty pretty good guess. Uh, <laughs> I I know, I know it's three. You know it's three. It's not, there's no guesswork there. Okay. Yeah. But uh, every time I approach, get ready to read Ezekiel, I think I'm gonna dread reading Ezekiel <laughs> because it just seems like it's very long and there's just nothing there of import. But Every time I read it, I think, oh, my goodness, there's so much in here mm. that uh, that I forget about. I forget this is in Ezekiel, and it is uh, tantalizing. Uh, and uh, ironically, we both have things to share from Ezekiel today. Yeah. Uh, Hebrews, uh, I always expect, Hebrews is, is a great book. It's it, easy. It is, it, and it is rich with material. Yeah. So Low-hanging fruit. Yeah, exactly. A lot of low-hanging fruit in Hebrews. So so both are good. Uh, there's we there are reading. Uh, if you go through our reading, uh, fpcj.us on our reading plan. Uh, yeah, we had there were Psalms and Proverbs mm. that we won't get to, but some really amazing reading in Psalms mm. and Proverbs uh, this past week. So um, so anyway, uh, we are so glad that you are joining us today. We will tackle uh, these passages when we return. We are back on the Understanding Jesus podcast, and we are looking at a, a particular set of scripture. Well, what we read yeah. last week, and so Evan, I'm going to let you go first and tell us what you what you got out of last week's Bible reading. Sweet, yeah. So um, my Bible reading, I, I'm going to kind of take two um, quick places. Um, one's in Hebrews, and one's in Ezekiel. So that's two of our passages that we're reading out of this week. So I'm going to read uh, Hebrews 12 verses 1 through 11. So. Um, Therefore, since we are surrounded by so great a cloud of witnesses, let us also lay aside every weight and sin which clings so closely, and let us run with endurance the race that is set before us, looking to Jesus, the founder and perfecter of our faith, who for the joy that was set before him endured the cross, despising the shame, and is seated at the right hand of the throne of God. Consider him who endured from sinners such hostility against himself, so that you may not grow weary or faint-hearted, and your struggle against sin you have not yet resisted to the point of shedding your blood. And have you forgotten the ex- exhortation that addresses you as son? My son, do not regard lightly the, the, the discipline of the Lord, nor be weary when reproved by him. For the Lord dis- disciplines the one he loves and chastises every son whom he receives. It is for discipline that you have to endure. God is treating you as sons. For what son is there for, um, whom his father does not discipline? If you are, for what son is there whom his father does not discipline? If you are left without discipline in which you have all participate or all have participated, um, then you are illegitimate sons and children and not sons. Uh, besides this, we have had earthly fathers who disciplined us and we respected them. Shall we not much, shall we not much more be subject to the father and spirits and live? Um, for they disciplined us for a short time as it seemed best to them. But he disciplines us for our good, that we may share his holiness. For the moment, uh, all discipline seems painful rather than pleasant. But later it yields the peaceful fruit of righteousness to those who have been trained by it. Mm. So anyway, I, I want to just um, hit that real quick because it, it gives us a picture of 
Christ, and we, we see Christ all the way through the New Testament, and especially in the Gospels. But um, when we look at him, we have to remember that he is the perfect example of a person living on earth. Um, we have um, just a few examples, really just a couple examples in the entirety of Scripture of that happening. So our, our first one really is in Genesis, where we see Adam um, before the fall. And then our second example of, of perfection is Christ. So um, so we have this um, one man who is an example for us, for our faith, and how we're supposed to live on a regular and um, on the regular, I guess. And um, so I, I kind of want to parallel that with um, Ezekiel um, 20, 19 through, or 18, 19, 19 through 20. So, um, wait, is that right? Yeah. So, um, so yet you say, why should not the son suffer for the iniquity of the father? Uh, when the son has done what is just and right, it has been careful to observe, or and has been careful to observe all my statutes. He shall surely live. The soul shall, or the soul who went sins shall die. Um, the son shall not suffer for the iniquity of the father, nor the father suffer for the uh, for the iniquity of the son. Uh, the righteous of the righteous shall be upon himself, and the wickedness of the wicked shall be upon himself. Um, my only parallel I really wanted to make with that was that we have Jesus who is righteous, and we take on his righteousness, unlike us with other people. Our, our faith is, um, you know, it, and it is a faith of community, but it's also a faith that's our own with with God. So right. whenever we have our faith, we don't look to someone else for our faith. We don't look to, for me, my dad or, or my mom, they aren't my faith. I, they cannot produce their own faith or, or they cannot have faith in God. And then me just cling on like a backpack. Right. It doesn't work out like that. And so whenever we have, we have Christ, Christ is a, the opposite of that, where he is our righteousness. Mm-hmm. He um, in dying on the cross and, and forgiving us and us um, becoming adopted sons and righteous because of his life and death and resurrection. Um, because of that, we are able to have that. So I, I think it's kind of a, a good contrast from our relationship with other people on in this world compared to our relationship with Christ, who um, is our, our righteousness. Yeah. So. Uh, yeah. And I think that uh, we... Uh, we always need to remember that while I don't have to um, pay for my son's sins, that I there is there is the element of the if I am sinful that I can pass that on to my son. Mm-hmm. Those those traits, those characteristics, those, those, what's just the sins of the father visit upon the next generation. Mm-hmm. That's because if I'm raising my children in sin, then they're gonna take on those same traits and carry those mm-hmm. on. Uh, they're, but they're, I'm responsible for mine. They're responsible for theirs. And that kind of goes all the way back to Adam. I mean, even mm-hmm. though we are all born in original sin, which means that we were conceived in sin and, and raised in sin, and, and uh, we have a propensity to sin with us, and uh, and we all are sinful for that uh, for that mm-hmm. reason. But I'm held accountable. I'm, 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 my guilt is because of the things I actually do, not because of what Adam right. did, but because of what I've done. Mm-hmm. Uh, but my the reason I do it is because of that. But, uh, I, I wanted to follow up on something out of Ezekiel 18, where he says uh, in verse 30, he says, Therefore I will judge you, O house of Israel, everyone according to his way, says the Lord God. Repent and turn from all your transgressions, so that iniquity will not be your ruin. And and God is he is pleading with us. I mean, mm-hmm. he, is, he is pleading us to turn away from our sins so that it will not result in our ruin. Yeah. Um, and if we don't repent, that is what's waiting for us, ruin. 
And, mm. and it's, 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 when he comes into our lives, he's not trying to keep us from enjoying all the wonderful things of life. He sees that, uh, our, our, that this path we are on leads to our destruction uh, and leads to the, the destruction of everything around us, uh, the, uh, total ruin. You think of a, I think of a mm. city that is, uh, that is left unattended or is, or is not, uh, pres- not taken care of. And, and, you know, like a park or something, and it just, not, when you're not caring for it and mm. nurturing it and so forth, it just kind of fades and things grow up mm. and, and, uh, and stuff breaks and, mm. and rusts through and so forth. And you see there, everybody, I think we've seen a town that's just old and run down and so mm. forth. And that's, and that's what ruin means is that because we don't have the care that God is bringing to us and because of sin that we eventually are just all run down. And churches become like that, and, yeah. and people become like that, and families become like that. And God is trying to to keep us away from that. Uh, you know, there's an old saying that says the, the road to hell is paved with good intentions. And while we all have intentions of hoping that this will all work out good, if when we don't follow the plan that God has given us in His Word, when we think we know better, uh, eventually all those things uh, lead because we all deserve, uh, we all desire to do what is in our best interest. Mm-hmm. We just don't believe that God has our best interest in mind. We don't believe yeah. that Jesus is the answer. We think there's another answer. You know, me pursuing this career or me pursuing this path or this desire or, or something that I've always wanted to do. Yeah, family or, money. Yeah, exactly. All the different things that we, the, the yeah. desires we have or, or sensual things or whatever, pleasure and so forth. Yeah. And uh, some of us believe he is the answer some of the time, mm-hmm. meaning we just kind of compartmentalize Christ. Uh, but when... The way gets difficult, or we we try to do it God's way, but it's more challenging than we thought it was going to be, or it doesn't match the things that it doesn't feed our flesh. Mm-hmm. Uh, then we typically just say, "Nah, I'm going to go try mm-hmm. something um, different," and we turn to whatever satisfies our longing quickly. You yeah. know, I, I know uh, I always use Krispy Kreme donuts as an example. I know it's just so that easy. Yeah. It is because they're so good, <laughs> and I know in my my mind that eating a dozen donuts is not healthy, mm-hmm. that's not good for me, that there's going to be a price to pay, yeah. but in the moment, it just seems yeah. like, ah, it'll work out. Yeah, <laughs> and when, when you're on 10, 11, and 12, it's, it's it, yes. it doesn't feel so wrong anymore. Exactly, <laughs> exactly right. You start yeah. to, it's like, I, I can live, but, the, but then the pain comes, you're like, why did I do this? I can't yeah. believe I, you know, and, and you do go through the cycle over and over and over yeah. again. Um. We make the mistake of believing we will always be at our best. Mm-hmm. I, I think that uh, I do this myself. I see other people do it. They're like, you know what? I think I'm going to be healthy. Mm-hmm. I'm going to start exercising. I'm going to be healthy. I'm going to make all right decisions. I'm going to follow God. I'm going to do everything he wants me to do. And we really think in our minds, oh, yeah, that's that's I'm, I'm going to do that. I really, yeah. really want to do that. But uh, but the reality is, is that uh, we you're not going to feel the same way you feel right now yeah. later. Yeah. And well, and I even talked to some of the college students a lot about about practicing that for two weeks, you know, the, yeah. see if you can do two weeks every morning waking up. And, right. and at the end of the two weeks, like you've done it for two weeks. And, and I, I mean, it, it seems simple, but like waking up every morning and starting a new habit that hasn't existed before tough. And, yeah. and all of a sudden you, you do it. It's like, Oh, I can do it for two weeks. I can do it forever. And right. Um, the, the other thing I want to pull from this passage, I, I, this one might be a, a stretch for this, just this passage. Right. But um, I, I think a lot of times whenever I'm, go and talk to people about the gospel or, or whatever that, that entails. Um, I think a lot of times I focus on the, um, salvation aspect mm. and, and how we, um, 
we really, I, I think I, this is probably my, just my own failing in, in how I share the gospel at times, but a lot of times I just focus on, on the, um, I guess the escape from hell rather than the faith in God sometimes. Mm-hmm. And, um, and here it was a good reminder for me um, in the passage before it too. Um, it was just a good reminder for me that, that our faith is not about, um, it's not just about escaping hell. It's, there's so many um, great gifts that, and graces that God gives us along the way um, in our, just even just in our process of sanctification, but, but in giving us a spirit, we have a, we have a comforter in times of need, a, a convictor that tells us when we've sinned. Um, he he places things on us, and and he and he speaks through us, and 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 we're allowed to even just share the gospel with people. And so we have this this huge message in, in a Christ that is a great example here of of how to live and what to do um, in our lives. And and um, I I think a lot of times I just focus on the salvation aspect. I I get stuck on that instead of because to me the the biggest I, I guess in my mind the greatest gift that we get is the the escape from hell right. is and and our Christianity is not supposed to be a, a get out of hell free card. It's, right. There's there's great gifts that come with it and a great task that comes with it too. Right. So and and the and the focus needs to be on it's not really I'm trying to escape from hell. It's it's really understanding what hell is. Yeah. Uh, which I mean is that it, it, and when you when you're in love with someone. You want to be with that person, yeah. And so hell becomes not being mm-hmm. with that person. Yeah. Uh, when you don't want to be with someone and you have to be with them, mm-hmm. well, then hell becomes being with that person. Yeah. And and so the the reality of following Christ is that I want to, I love Him and want to trust Him, believe in Him, and want to be in His kingdom forever. And forever. Yeah. yeah. And so so I want that. Uh, that's so to not have mm-hmm. that is hell. Yeah. So it's not really about the creature comforts that surround me, even though we're assured that those things are there because he knows us and he loves mm. us and he wants us to have those things. But it's really, uh, you know, it's like it's like um, I'm I'm here with two guys, neither of which are married. So it's, I'm, I'm really uh, I, but I think some people who are listening maybe have experienced marriage. But um, when you are married, I, I married. Yeah, yeah. So <laughs> the uh, when you are when you are married. Uh, the uh, the thing is is that you want to live with that person, mm. but it's really not where you live or the things you have. It's yeah. just being with the person that mm. you have this covenant relationship with, and yeah. that's the picture. Marriage is the picture that Christ mm. gives us of dwelling with Him. That right. that He's the uh, the groom, uh, a bridegroom, and we are the the church is the bride, and that we are we are coming together to live forever. And so so it's it's but to but when you understand that 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 this is about where do I who do I want to be with for all eternity. Uh, then, then you understand why uh, people who don't love Christ can't go to heaven. Yeah. I mean, because the, heaven is because it wouldn't be heaven for yeah. them because they're not going to be with the person they want to be with. Mm. They're going to be with someone that they rejected. Yeah. You know, and so they don't want to be in His kingdom. I've been thinking so many times. I've I've drugged people along with me to to church events and stuff like that, and they they don't enjoy it. And I'm like, in my mind, I'm like, why don't you enjoy this? And it's like because they don't have any interest in what I just took them to. It's like taking someone to a rom-com that doesn't enjoy those movies, you know, and, and mm. it's just not something that they enjoy. Yeah. So. Yeah. Not that, not that that's my favorite type of movie. All right. Well, let me yeah. let me move on to uh, the past. <laughs> you don't have to reveal too much here. Yeah. Um. The um. Uh, the passage that stuck out to me also in Hebrews is uh, from Hebrews chapter ten, uh, verse thirty-five. It says, "Therefore, do not cast away your confidence, which has great reward, for you have need of endurance." 
so that after you have done the will of God, you may receive the promise for yet a little while, and he who is coming uh, will come and will not tarry. Now the just shall live by faith, but if anyone draws back, my soul has no pleasure in him. The race of endurance is challenging regardless of our external circumstances. That means you can have, we always think that money will solve things, and we know that's not true. We know people with money who struggle. Uh, we know that not having money, people who struggle. And so, you know, people who live where they want to live, they struggle. You know, people who's, uh, it doesn't matter how your kids turn out, doesn't matter how life turns out. There's, it's always, it's enduring is difficult. Mm-hmm. Uh, and our flesh, the world, and Satan, those are the three things, and spiritual warfare, those are the three things we always highlight, that our, it's our flesh is always working against us. The world is always working against us. And Satan himself is always working against us. You, right. You're going to have those challenges. Every day, all constantly are seeking to draw us away from obedience to the Spirit of God, uh, who is, is they're gnawing away at our at our trust in Christ. Uh, that I mean, just think about it. Every day, we want, uh, those of us who are followers of Christ, wake up and think, I want to do what Jesus wants me to do today. I want to go where he wants me to go. I want to say what he wants me to say. I want to be who he wants me to be. But then it's our flesh, the mm-hmm. desires, are the, the, our own desires, our hungers, or whatever you want to think of it like that. Um, the world itself, the way it's structured, the, the fact that there's a worldly system in place is constantly fighting against that. And then the devil himself. I mean, if, if you get the world at bay and your flesh at bay, then the devil himself comes and, and takes you on and, uh, and wreaks havoc in your life. And so that's why it's, it's a constant battle. We all wish that there was a magic pill, that we could just take this pill or do this exercise, if I read this verse or get into this habit or routine, mm-hmm. that it will make all those things go away, uh, or there's, there's some type of secret success. I mean, think about how much advertising you see, I, I was especially like physical fitness. Yeah. You know, there's so many advertisements. The quick like, fix. The yeah. quick fix. That's right. You, you don't have to exercise anymore. You don't, you can eat anything you want. Mm-hmm. It's like, yeah, I'm sure that's going to work out. Do you want muscles like these? <laughs> that's right. It's right. You can do look like me. And, that's right. And yeah. you don't, and yeah, it's so easy. It, it takes it, less than 10 minutes a day. Right. <laughs> it does take a little bit of cash because you have to buy my book that shows yeah. you how to do it. But if you do it and, uh, and it's like, it's like, you know, that that's not true. Yet people succumb to that yeah. all the time. Um, there is only the promise that if we will not falter in our faith and keep our confidence in Christ, that we will be rewarded. Mm. But the struggle is real. And, uh, and, and peace is elusive for so many of us because our lives, our loved ones, our jobs, our ambitions, our comforts, our hopes and dreams, uh, they're all these flashpoints of stress and worry um, whenever they are not entrusted completely to God. But when we lay them at his feet, uh, there's, uh, we, are, we, we enter into that peace, but we, we put them there. But then in a panic, we take them back. Mm. It's like it's like okay, I'm going to trust God for this. But then at the last second, we just grab it back and say, no, 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 I gotta, yeah. I gotta do this now because He's not moving fast enough. It's not happening fast enough. And we panic. Yeah. Uh, there, right just before God steps in, there's so many times that I've like, God's going to provide this. God's going to provide this. God's going to provide this. Mm. It's like He's not going to provide, and I yeah. freak out and I panic and I jump in and uh, and then re- mess up everything yeah. and then after it's all over after all the consequences have been felt and and i see the huge mistake of jumping in too quickly uh it's like god's like oh yeah, yeah here was yeah. the answer i was going to give i was yeah. going to provide you just didn't wait long enough yeah i, I do that with impulse buys like I, i'm not yeah. i'm not an impulse buyer at all like i impulse purchases scare me a ton <laughs> and so i i um i i've been i when i go out and buy things i spend months and months 
usually on on bigger purchases i spent a lot of time researching looking things up trying to find the best the best bang for my buck i guess and, and the best option for myself and yeah. and i i go through and and then i get to the moment when i where i know this is the time to buy it because i need it for this project or whatever it is and i get there i'm like i just freeze up i'm like i don't want to buy this big purchase or or even if it's a small purchase sometimes i'm i kind of wait i'm like do i really want to do this yeah. and i i do that sometimes with my my faith too where i i am know what's right and i know what this has led up to and i get to that point i'm like yeah. I, and then i i kind of i i hesitate and yeah. and and there are times where i'm i i don't do it and and it, it seems like we're one or the other yeah either we jump in yeah or we have to in fact my wife and i are, are exactly the opposite yeah I am a, a leap before I think person, and yeah. she is a what doesn't want to ever go off the edge of that diving board, you know. Yeah, she's I'm afraid I, to jump in. I'm hesitator, yeah. That, yeah. That's I'm in the same one where your, I, I think and think and I overthink. So when it. you get married, yeah. you need somebody who's probably a little more <laughs> <laughs> willing to jump, take that yeah. leap. In fact, yeah, I, mean, I was just gonna say if they marry you, Evan, then they are then they're definitely that person anyway. Yeah. Oh man, <laughs> I might have to take a, a hiatus for the podcast now. <laughs> uh, but. <laughs> but that's the thing is yeah, that it is the struggle is real and and I think we I think we get to this idea that it's that it's going to be easy but you you get all these things lined up the way you think you want them and then like you said for those who are hesitant mm. that thought comes in your mind of oh my goodness if I do this yeah. then here are all the negative consequences that could yeah. happen and so you hesitate yeah, and for the, in, yeah. and for those who are people who leap in when you're supposed to be waiting mm. uh then th- there's always the offer of but yeah. if you just do this yeah. it's going to be so much better yeah. and you're like ah, I think I'm going to do that you know yeah. and it's like I I I, I heard yeah, what you it's said the, it's the fruit on the tree Sorry, right? I I heard what you said I know what you're talking about but man it's just right there it's so good yeah. it's like you know, I'm just going to do it and I'll be right back and uh <laughs> and we we have that tendency and it's that's yeah. But but you know that's why we need a savior. That's yeah. Because for both whichever camp you fall into, uh, we are fallen people. We may, God already knows that. He knows mm. we're wired that way. He knows we have the propensity to do that which is wrong, mm. and to either not trust Him or to or to jump ahead, to either to lag behind or jump ahead. And so Jesus came to take care of that for us. And so, mm. and so it's a He patiently is just helping us to. I learned to walk with him. I, I'm just a reference back to something in Ezekiel since you were tying those two together because they are, it's amazing the the common ground that they share yeah. as you're reading through both. Uh, but when um, God came to Ezekiel, he asked Ezekiel to, um, he told him, he says, uh, your wife's going to die. Mm. And I, and here's what I want you to do. I don't want you to mourn her death. I want you to just be, uh, I want you to just casual about it. That that is not a big deal. So that to use it, but he used the death of Ezekiel's wife as a means to communicate to his people uh, his judgment. And and I thought, what a harsh calling that is for Ezekiel. Mm-hmm. What a harsh calling for his wife. Uh, but really more so for Ezekiel, because mm-hmm. if you believe that Ezekiel's wife is with the Lord, and I mean, then you know that's uh, you know death. She's really it, better off. That's yeah. right. She's better off. He's the one who has to live in the mourning and the grief and the pain and the difficulty of of being that example. But uh, but in Hebrews uh, it says, uh, "He who comes to God must believe that He is and that He is a rewarder of those who diligently seek Him." And so I think I think Ezekiel had to believe that he, mm. he didn't even have Hebrews to read. <laughs> yeah. But uh, but he still had to believe that about God that He is a rewarder of those who diligently seek Him. God is constantly saying to us, "Yes, the struggle is real." But there is a reward for fighting through that struggle, for persevering mm. in that. Yeah. He understands we're weak and we falter and we don't do it, 
But he does say, but if you will press through, I will reward you for doing so. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Well, cool. Well, good. Well, that's all the time we're going to take a look into the, the scripture because we have a question we want to deal with. Uh, and, uh, and we're going to tackle that question here as we come back. We are back on the Understanding Jesus podcast. We are uh, going to tackle a question uh, that came up on our reading this week, and it's from Ezekiel, uh, and in uh, Ezekiel 28 to be exact. Did you read Ezekiel 28 this week? Yeah, yeah that okay. was this, this week's reading. Uh, last week, rather. Yeah. Oh, yeah, yeah. Um, but anyway, in it is a very, uh, it's not a controversial passage. It's a, I don't know, debatably... Uh, interpreted passage about the Prince of Tyre and the King of Tyre. And I'll re- let me read it to you, and I'll and then you kind of kind of see where it's coming from. It says, "Son of man, take up a lamentation for the King of Tyre, and say to him, Thus says the Lord God: You were the seal of perfection, full of wisdom and perfect in beauty. You were in Eden, the garden of God. Every precious stone was your covering: the sardius, topaz, and diamond, beryl, onyx, and jasper, sapphire, turquoise, and emerald with gold." The workmanship of your timbrels and pipes was prepared for you on the day you were created. Who does that sound like you're talking about? Christ. No. No. no definitely not Christ. <laughs> Let's work back. Let's no. so go back to this. He says, you were in Eden, the oh. garden of God. Okay. Yeah. So it's, he's, uh, so a lot of people think he's talking about Satan. Okay. That Lucifer, or Lucifer is not, uh, is, is mentioned elsewhere in scripture, also is a, is a name that's not necessarily Satan's name. Um, but, uh, but when you read passages like this, uh, it's kind of like, he probably, Ezekiel's probably talking about a real person. Mm-hmm. Uh, some people will say, because earlier he refers to the Prince of Tyre, and mm-hmm. some people, there's a couple, a few different theories here. One is that the Prince of Tyre is the actual ruler of mm-hmm. Tyre that he's talking about. And the king of Tyre is the spiritual ruler. And we kind of get this idea elsewhere in Scripture where Paul talks about authorities. And in Daniel, mm. you have the prince of Persia who is like this spiritual power um, where you have this. Uh, the idea is given us in both the Old and New Testament that within every with every earthly ruler, there's a spiritual ruler behind that, mm. a principality, a power, a force of darkness, as Paul would describe. Mm. And so so here you have Ezekiel talking about the prince of Tyre, saying this is the earthly power, the human mm. guy. And then the king of Tyre is the spiritual power behind him. Mm. Now, there's nothing that tells us that. I just want to be clear about that. The, those are conclusions that people draw because of the description. Uh, be, but he absolutely could be talking about uh, just using the descriptive language about Eden, how this person was in a perfect place and was, and God had gifted him with all these blessings, and then he still chose to turn against God and therefore has brought the condemnation of God upon him. That's an absolutely, that's the, the natural reading of the text, if you if you will, uh, when you're reading it, that he, that there is a prince of Tyre who is the son of the king, and then you have the king of Tyre, who is the king, and he's mm-hmm. talking about both of them. I like the idea that the prince of Tyre is the human person and the king of Tyre is the spiritual authority person uh, that uh, God's talking about. And I, and I do believe uh, that the reality is that they can, it can both be right. Yeah. It can, uh, both interpretations can be right because there is a spiritual power behind each earthly power. Why that's important to understand, because that's the, I think, the thing you don't, you absolutely want to take away from, whether he's talking about Satan or not, though, because, again, Satan was in the Garden of Eden, so Mm -hmm. he could could be talking, anyway, I think it's a reference there, and, and but then, 
this whole idea of drawing a theology of Satan from this, uh, meaning um, he was beautiful. We we get mm-hmm. that from other places of scripture, but that he was, uh, but that he was the musician uh, for God in heaven and so forth mm-hmm. before the fall. That's where all these things are drawn from. Uh, the evidence yeah. is given for that. We don't know that. Mm. It's just somebody's making that. But here's what we do know. Mm. We do know that every ruler who is in place, there is a principality of power behind it. And so when you think of people like, let's take Putin, for example, and all the things that he's doing and so forth and the evil that's there, and people think, boy, if we just take him out. Mm. If you take him out, you still don't take the spiritual power behind him out. Mm. That principality, that power still exists, and we we still have to pray that God will give us the strength to overcome that. The same is true at work. Mm-hmm. The same is true at church. Yeah. Uh, everybody, you always think in terms of if I could, if we could, didn't have this person, mm-hmm. this obstacle, this. But if that person wasn't there, there would be somebody else to do it. There's exactly. a. Uh, this is where I use my Matrix an- example. Mm-hmm. Oh no. Um, I know. And so, uh, but in the Matrix, which was taken, uh, it's kind of a neo-orthodoxy kind of uh, thought process in in how they put the Matrix together. But the thought is the same. The world system that they're trying to describe is the same. And in the Matrix, they have this sample program, and uh, and he goes by this woman. Have you ever seen the Matrix? You know what I'm talking about? Yes. Okay. He goes by the woman in the red dress. You remember that part? Yes. And then he turns around as an agent. Yeah. And he makes the statement that anybody who's in the Matrix can be used as – can be taken over by an agent or whatever mm-hmm. and used as a, a weapon against you. That is the same principal idea, that every leader, every ruler, every person uh, who is not – empowered by the spirit of god who is not controlled by the spirit of god is uh can be controlled by satan mm-hmm. and uh, it's, it can be used against us and, and turned against us so yeah. that's that's spiritual warfare and so yeah. to always be always we are always be aware that that if it is not being controlled by god that if it's not that's why the church should be a safe place mm-hmm. it should be a place where people are filled with the holy spirit thinking like the holy spirit thinks Right. Body of believers, yeah. Right, and and if one person isn't, it should stand out. It should mm-hmm. if if the majority of people are following the Holy Spirit, and one mm-hmm. person isn't, yeah. Well, that person should seem very different than everybody else, and everybody should kind of know. That's why we they the followers of Christ should be known by their fruits. Exactly. Yeah. Right. Yeah. And and it did they did stand out. Like you mm-hmm. take Ananias and Sapphira in the early church, uh, were not mm-hmm. where they were supposed to be, and everybody could see it. And then God judged them, killed them right there on the spot. Yeah. Uh, it was a little rough uh, there. But, uh, I don't have that now. Yeah, God killed them, but not the church. The church didn't kill them, but the God killed them. Uh, and uh, it's, that, that's, uh, it, it could happen. I don't know. I don't, I'm, I'm, I'm always a little bit leery of be, be, doing what they did. It would be easier. Yeah, to try. But but that's not like, <laughs> but this is when like, they died and, and there were no more problems in the early church anymore. But the... But that is uh, when you think about your own uh, things that you're encountering today, you have to remember that, that that the people that are difficult, that your employers are difficult, whatever companies are difficult, whatever the government is difficult or whatever the things that are in your life that you think, oh, these things are all oppressing me and so forth, that if those human things were removed, that there's still a spiritual part of it that doesn't go away. Yeah. Um, the thing that you have to be really careful about, though, is understanding whether it's the enemy of God that you're fighting or whether it is God that you're fighting. Because yeah. you also have Saul, who thought he was doing God's will, mm-hmm. but he wasn't. Yeah. Well, you've got, I, I mean, I had to remind myself that sometimes I'm the difficult one, yeah. not the other people around me. Yeah. 
Yeah, that Rick Warren used to say that uh, that everybody has EGRs, the extra grace required people in their yeah. lives. Uh, and he says if you don't have any EGRs in your life, then you probably are one. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so always a good word to remember. Very anyway, good. well, thank you for joining us on uh, the Understanding Jesus podcast. We've enjoyed being with you today. We have uh, some in our upcoming season. Hopefully, we have a lot of special guests uh, in the wings. So we're we're looking forward to that. But uh, we're uh, headed into the holidays. But uh, we have uh, we this year is a little bit different, or at least in season three point five, uh, we are having some guest host on. So mm-hmm. uh, next our next podcast, we'll have a guest host. Uh, mm-hmm. And I have I don't think I've ever done that um yeah. maybe no. maybe daniel did once without me will you still be here or will he be taking over your seat uh he will be taking over my seat yeah nice. I, w- I will not be here on nice. the podcast next week but yeah it'll be it'll be it's uh, evan i'm i'm trusting that evan and austin will keep control and not and not allow um reese to go rogue well so. reese is the host so yeah but, but still uh, yeah i know but i'm saying still that's what i'm saying i'm, <laughs> I'm expecting you to draw him back in even if he is the host uh <laughs> to to make sure he he doesn't go crazy. And so anyway, but anyway, I look forward to listening to it. So yeah. Uh, yeah, we probably good. will need to give Reese like a 20 minute time window <laughs> so that we shorten it. The podcast like 45 minutes. Reese is good at shortening. Yeah. Reese and he, well, he has, he has places to be. And yeah. so, so anyway, that's uh, so that'll Reese work. It's like, like a pro shortener yeah. now. Yeah. yeah. And we may have another person on next week as well. I've, I don't want to say their name cause I don't know for sure that they'll be here, but. Uh, but anyway, we'll, well see. Well, I've got a cue for the next couple of weeks. Okay, yeah, good deal. If we need them. All right, all right, good deal. All right, well, uh, again, thank you for joining us. We'll see you next time on Understanding Jesus. <laughs>